0: Father, thank you that we can be here together this morning. Thank you that you've given us your grace and mercy in Jesus Christ. And uh, thank you that you care about our decisions and the things that we decide, the things that we choose to do. We do praise you because we know that although you are sovereign over all things, you still give us agency and you give us choice in things. And you, uh, you not only give us that privilege and that freedom, but you also expect us to use it responsibly and to use it well and to use it for your glory. Uh, We're here because it's our desire to do that. Uh, Generally speaking, we pray that you'd forgive us for the times when we want to do things that are against your will. When we have sinful desires, we pray that you would change those, those desires into conformity with your will. We pray that you would help us to desire at all points to do what is pleasing to you. And we pray that that would govern our decision-making. And we pray that you would give us wisdom to know better and better how to do this, to implement these things into the process of deciding things. Uh, We pray that every choice that we make would be pleasing in your sight. And we pray that you would help us to help one another in doing that as well. Uh, We ask that this class this morning would be beneficial for this. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, once again, if you need a handout, they are the same as last week. We're going to pick up on those uh, where we left off. So they are on the back on both sides if you want to grab one of those. We are talking about the, uh, the subject in this Sunday School course of decision making, uh, knowing and doing God's will. And we have arrived at the portion of the class talking about the actual process of decision making as you're deciding how to do something, or excuse me, as you are deciding what to do, what are the principles in play? What are the considerations that you should make? Uh, we did already. If you are, if you've not been here, we looked at some um, sort of more uh, unbiblical ways of decision making, or ways that might. Sort of look like the scripture, but they're not actually the way the scripture prescribes for decisions to be made. Uh, We also talked about God's will, both in his sovereign will and in his moral will, and the difference between those things. But uh, last week, we started to look at the process of decision making, and we began by asking two key questions Um, Is it right or wrong? So, is there a black or white issue involved? Is it right or wrong? And then if it's not wrong, what is the wisest thing that you can do? Or what is best? So there is a lot of latitude within what is right to do what you you choose to do. And sometimes that means that there are a lot of options that you have to actually choose responsibly from. So if you have a lot of options on the table for things that are not sinful, then there are other factors that need to come into play. In some senses, it is easier to make decisions when it's just a black and white choice, isn't it? That we can just say, don't do this or do this. And I think, as many of you probably know, the. this is the appeal of certain more legalistic forms of um, Christian living, where people will come up with rules for everything. Uh, some of you that have come out of that type of uh, upbringing or background, you might know that what that 's like, and you have rules for what kinds of clothes you can wear and what exact rating of movies that you can watch and that that 's not only a matter of judgment or a parental decision but this is actually a matter of right and wrong uh, that there are only certain that there are only certain things that you can do certain types of books you can read and so on and if you come up with these very very black and white rules then in some senses it just makes it easier and you don 't have to exercise all of the, uh, the principles that are involved in biblical decision-making. Now, you might end up in many of the same places if you exercise biblical wisdom and biblical principles, uh, but how you get there does matter because you're dealing with exercising wisdom and sound judgment as opposed to uh, adding rules to God's word. And there is a big difference in that for a lot of reasons. And we'll talk about that more when we talk about the place of the conscience uh, in decision-making. But for now, uh, we're going to jump into these considerations once again for decision-making. Last time, we looked mainly at two considerations. First of all, we need to consider the facts. Consider the facts. Proverbs 18, 13, among others, tells us he who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. So somebody who will respond to a situation and uh, make a decision about something without actually understanding That situation or that circumstance it is folly and shame and so it is with decision-making we want to at least have an accurate enough understanding of the circumstance to the best of our ability appropriate to how important that decision is to actually act upon that decision so what we looked at is the idea that we need to understand the facts accurately and sufficiently to make a decision meaning we need to understand it as rightly as possible and then we need to understand it as fully as is appropriate sometimes what that means is that uh, we're going to dig deep into that and sometimes what it means is we know just enough uh, to make a decision because it's not that important that we really understand every little nuance in detail in other words understanding the facts sufficiently means that we're going to have to use our judgment about how much time we have to spend how much uh, how important is this decision what are the ramifications of the choice that we're making how knowable is the amount of facts here uh, and uh, how much does this rank or how highly does this rank in importance compared to certain other things that we need to make decisions about we'll talk about that more uh, when we get to another consideration which is the effects of the decision but for now Just uh, keep in mind, we need to understand the facts accurately and sufficiently. Uh, We need to know enough of the facts to make a decision that is wise and appropriate for that particular issue. Uh, Secondly, then, we looked at the need to consider the scriptures, consider the scriptures. We need to know when we're making decisions, we need to know as best as we can if something is spoken to in the Bible. And one thing that uh, I would like to reiterate with that is uh, very often we will come to a decision or a a certain issue, and then we will come to someone and say, is there a verse in the Bible about this, about X, Y, Z? Is there a verse about this? Is there a passage about this? And there may or may not be a passage directly about that, but there are principles and uh, driving principles all across scripture. There are truths that influence this that Uh, If you're not familiar with the scriptures in a growing way, you're not necessarily going to understand as connected to that particular point. You're not going to think about it. And you need to make sure that you are growing in your knowledge of the Bible so that you are aware when things may uh, have bearing upon a subject that you might not find if you were just asking someone, is there a verse about this? So the more that you're growing in your knowledge of the Bible, the more you're going to be able to make better decisions about black and white issues, not to mention about wisdom issues. So you ask yourself the question, does anything directly forbid or implicitly forbid or require certain sources or certain courses of action? Directly or implicitly, does it forbid or require certain courses of action? This is dealing with the black and white issue. Then Having settled the black and white issue from Scripture, you then ask, does Scripture provide any wisdom for this decision, principles that it lays out that would help me to navigate and make the best decision possible? So does Scripture provide black and white, uh, forbid or require on this matter? And then does it actually, beyond that, provide wisdom for how I might make the best decision within what is allowable? All right, so that is what we considered last time, the, uh, the importance of not only understanding the facts and what the actual situation is, but then um, applying the scriptures in terms of how they apply directly to that particular issue. All right, so what I want to do then is to continue this by uh, this third consideration that is on your sheet, which is to consider your heart. Consider your heart. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 it reads this way trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding what is the contrast here The contrast is trusting what God provides in giving us understanding of reality, of how to respond to situations. When we uh, trust in the Lord, we are doing the opposite of what he says in the second half of Proverbs 3, 5. We are doing the opposite of leaning on our own understanding. You get the picture of leaning on something, right? If I Uh, if I wanted to make sure that I didn't fall I could continue to stay up but I could also lean right here on this now this is made out of metal uh, which makes it very not that fun to carry around but it makes it pretty good for supporting me if I lean on it then I could stand on it and it'd be fine but if it were to be made out of uh, paper or maybe even toothpicks, depending on how many toothpicks you had, or some other substance, you know, again, depending how you engineered it. And maybe some of you guys could make something pretty strong out of something not that, uh, not that heavy. Um, depending upon the stability of the platform, it might not be a good idea to lean on this thing. Why? It's going to let you down. It's going to uh, it's gonna fall through. It's not going to work. And that's the idea here. Don't lean on your own understanding. Put your, uh, re- put your reliance upon the Lord and trust his word. Trust what he has said in analyzing things, in making judgments on things, in interpreting situations. We are supposed to take what God has said and that is supposed to uh, get the priority over everything that we would come up with in our own understanding. Um, where would our own understanding come from? in contrast to leaning upon the Lord. Our own understanding is derived from where? Worldly wisdom, wisdom. okay. Uh, For example, like what what kind of worldly wisdom things there, either Steve or anybody else? What would be an example of that? Got to look out for yourself. Would be one kind of thing. Um, maybe you're a certain personality type, according to the standards of the world. We have got all kinds of these things. Just grow all the time. You know, they have little letters. Now we have numbers that describe our personality type, uh, and you're supposed to make decisions based upon these. Like this is who I am, and therefore I need to do this. Uh, does God's word have anything to say about those particular aspects of your quote-unquote personality? Are they changeable? Uh, does God speak to these things? well, then let's not subsume it under a number and just say, this is who I am and this is what I'm supposed to do, okay? Worldly wisdom, Yep. What else would be worldly wisdom or ways that we might lean on our own understanding? Where does that understanding come from? Tradition. Tradition, yeah, tradition, yeah. This is what I've always done. This is what my parents did. This is the way that this worked or responding against that. It's kind of the opposite of what people do. Really, it's just anything that you have discovered on your own. This works. This works for me. This is what I've found to be the most effective. Uh, it's helpful to know certain things by uh, by experience if, if it is brought under the uh, rule of the uh, the umbrella, so to speak, of the fear of the Lord and of biblical passages, which actually uh, are to be what control our understanding of those things. So it's not wrong to understand how, um, say, money matters work. It's not wrong to understand the way, that, uh, the way that building materials behave. This actually would be very helpful in knowing these things. But we don't say that those are the things that drive the, what we make decisions on If God's word has anything at all to say about it. So we say, well, I know how this is going to work. And so we need to make a decision based upon this experience that I've had. Or you're kind of an expert in this field. Or you know a lot about this particular thing. And it can really blind you to where you kind of lean upon all of your wisdom and understanding in that. As opposed to what God has actually said about the matter. So we're supposed to not lean on our own understanding. And basically, again, this is coming down to God interprets the world for us a certain way. And we are supposed to trust his interpretation over our own. And any understanding we have must operate within the confines of what God has said about something. We'll see why this is the case here in another passage in just a moment. Um, But do notice the extent of this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. All your heart. Not just the areas where you already kind of agree with what God has said. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Um, when he talks about the heart, he is talking about the entire inner man. When scripture talks about the heart, that's basically generally what it's referring to. Uh, the mind, the emotions, the will, the desire, uh, the desires that we have. Our hearts are, unfortunately, because of the fall of man into sin, uh, our hearts are very fallible. Um, our hearts have all kinds of desires Uh, both good and bad and in particular as Christians our hearts have been redeemed and renewed and yet we still live in the flesh and so that our our um, desires and what we think is still influenced by that sinful influence of indwelling sin according to Romans 7 and 8. So we have to recognize that there are uh, that our heart is not just going to do what is right or want what is right. And of course, it uh, is sort of a trite thing to say by now, but you know, we don't follow after the, uh, the Disney principle of follow your heart or do what your heart thinks. We don't uh, just think, well, what we desire is ultimately going to be that which uh, works out and that which is appropriate. And if we just follow after those things, then we will truly end up where we ought to be. Our hearts are very often deceitful and all kinds of things uh, can subvert what the scripture says. In our desires. So we're fallible and prone to oppose God in many ways. Look over with me, if you will, in Mark chapter 7. Hopefully, a familiar text. Jesus is uh, responding to criticisms that his disciples didn't wash their hands in following these ceremonial traditions of the Pharisees. Uh, as well as the scribes kind of got on their side and uh, he's talking about defilement at the end of this in uh, Mark 7 verse 17 starting verse 17 when he had left the crowd and entered the house his disciples questioned him about the parable and he said to them are you so lacking in understanding also do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from outside cannot defile him because it does not go into his heart but into his stomach and is eliminated thus he declared all foods clean And he was saying, that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these things proceed from within and defile the man. He is uh, making a point more directly about the difference between cleansing the outside and what you can see. And then the need to uh, focus on what is on the inner man. But in the process, he shows us that the inner man uh, can and very often does have evil things going on inside of it that then will come out in wrong behavior. And we need to understand just how prone we are to act upon, or not so much to act upon, but just to have wrong desires and i probably don't have to tell anybody here that sometimes you're going to have desires that go against what god's word says and therefore you have to recognize that and not just make your decision based upon what you want you always have to call to mind when you want something is there this got to be this filter going on what does god say about this what does god's word say about my desire is my desire acceptable or is this just something that i want and we can, we can sort of clothe these desires in all kinds of um, evil and sinful, subtle kinds of deception, even to ourselves. And we can make ourselves believe it uh, by using whatever language the culture might use or by, uh, <clears throat> by making it look like we're doing something good when really we're doing it just for evil purposes uh, and selfish purposes. So we need to make sure that we are considering our heart and instead of following it, we need to make sure that we apply God's word to it. So when you think about making a decision, consider, are you making this decision out of unbiblical and ungodly attitudes? Let me give you some examples. Are you making this decision acting out of greed or are you content with what you have? Do you consider greediness here? Um, Are you acting out of discontentment or are you willing to do without something? Um, are you acting out of laziness or are you willing to work are you acting out of pride or are you humble are you acting out of selfishness or are you seeking the interests of others um what about this are you deciding something based upon what other people will think the fear of man or are you basing it upon what god will think fearing God pleasing God Uh, so these are just some biblical versus unbiblical attitudes that you want to consider when I'm making this decision and when I'm wanting this why do I want this am I being greedy discontent lazy proud uh, selfish am I envious am I afraid of what people think or am I making this decision because I'm doing what is right before God so just filter your desires and, and consider your desires and analyze them before God. Now, some of them, I mean, this is going to be difficult to do sometimes, isn't it? We, it's hard to know exactly what is motivating our heart at all points. And so uh, this can become something where we just sit there and think, uh, am I being this or am I not? You kind of have to go with as best as you can tell what you know, what you can see, um, the objective things. And what you do, what comes out is often going to show this. So if you do something out of what you think is the best motive that you can, um, it is good to go before God, to pray, to ask him to help you to understand your own heart, um, to help him to to help you to have good attitudes and godly attitudes, but uh, be careful that you don't get so wrapped up in undiscoverable motives that you never actually act on anything because you're afraid of doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, Still, we should analyze why we're doing things, and we should do our best to make sure that we do understand. If we know that we're doing something because we just are not following what God says on these fronts, then we need to make sure that we are uh, changing our attitude and that we are acting according to what is godly rather than sinful. Uh, Also, there is the principle of failing to make a decision or refusing to make a decision out of Ungodly attitudes. Sometimes we choose not to make certain decisions because we we have wrong attitudes about that, and we have uh, sinful attitudes. So, for example, we don't want to take responsibility for a bad decision, so we don't make the decision, or we put it off on somebody else. We don't own that decision. We sort of leave it where we can blame someone else for that decision, and uh, we can leave it in their court so that they're the ones that look bad Um, often uh, we can fail to make a decision because we don't want to be seen as foolish we don't want other people to uh, mock us if we fail or to or to see you know that we've made a bad decision Um, maybe you're afraid of the outcome of taking a risk so you do something that is uh, just the safest choice in every way At all points, you don't want to risk anything that might uh, cause a big loss, even if there is an opportunity. And you're just fearful in an inordinate way. Um, Sometimes you might be afraid of asserting God given decision making authority that you have in your particular role or responsibility because you know that it will create conflict. So if you are in authority uh, in any way that perhaps is described in, say, um, Ephesians chapter 5 and 6, as a, uh, as a husband, as a father, as uh, someone who has people that work for them, uh, you don't want to exercise that authority because you know that it could create some tension and some conflict. And you don't want to make that decision because you're afraid of the pushback from that. And so you just uh, abdicate. So these are some of the ways that we might, in decision making, um, we might have ungodly attitudes, fearful, um, fearful of any kind of conflict, fearful of reputation, and we, we stay back from those things and we don't do them. So in our decision making, we need to consider not only is the direct thing that we're doing, is this actually a godly desire to have or not, but also is the process, are we changing the process and doing something we shouldn't do because we're kind of, We don't want to deal with what a more biblical decision-making process would look like. So we need to consider our hearts uh, as we consider decision-making. Consider your heart, why you are pursuing a certain decision, and then why you are pursuing it and making the decision the certain way you are. Or choosing not to make a decision and putting that, uh, either putting it off or putting it on someone else. Okay, questions uh, so far, or or comments on these particular issues, in uh, specifically considering your heart in decision making. Comments, questions. Anything so far? What's on your mind? Yes, Marvin. yeah yeah if you have to look it up every single time and consider the whole bible every time you had to make a decision like consider it newly or go search it out every time you had to make a decision it'd be very inefficient wouldn't it (laughs) impossible Yeah, I mean, God uses His Word. He brings things to our attention through. I mean, it can be all kinds of circumstances, but um, when we when the Word of God dwells within us, I mean, there's a parallel in uh, Colossians three and Ephesians five where um, there are similar outcomes that are taking place. But it says, "Let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you," and then Ephesians five eighteen says, "We are to be uh, we are to be filled with the Spirit or filled by the Spirit," and uh, that that connection there is wise to understand wherein the spirit is going to control us as the word of god is the water that we swim in right as it's a way that we're thinking so yeah if if we want the spirit to control our lives then there is no way to do that apart from the word of god like him actually speaking through his word and that is what saturates us so yeah yeah we need to make sure that we are uh, paying attention to what god has said yeah okay what else yes Bridget. Mhm. <laughs> yeah, just leave Philip out, right? He yeah. just yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, great point. So, so the place of counsel with regard to this, and, and counsel is almost like it, last time I mentioned that prayer is something we kind of want to do appropriately at each step along the way, and so this, these things, these considerations, are not so much a process, but something that uh, you are. They're not so much a a logic or a, a chronological order, but a logical kind of order from black and white over toward uh more subjective things but that prayer is something that should be taking place throughout the whole thing and i think the same thing can be said to some degree to counsel where you're asking people for help in all of these matters right what does um what do you know about this here's what i understand the facts to be here's what i understand the scriptures to say on this matter Um, and then here's what i think my heart is doing but yeah just talking with people can actually bring out a lot that we otherwise might not especially if they've been through that situation before as you said yeah so so talking with other wise people about this wise women and philip that would be yeah so if anybody needs to make a decision go talk to all the women in the church and then go talk to philip and you will you will have what you need so yes that's helpful good what else anything yes jessica yeah so not so much wanting just outright evil things but uh disproportionately desiring something that is otherwise a good thing yeah yeah Over the longer that we walk as believers that's what you found to be the more of the temptation yeah yeah i think that is, those are those are wise words So they can, and part of the problem with that is that they, because they're good things, then our hearts can easily deceive us as to, uh, well, it's appropriate to pursue any means to get this, or it is appropriate to be focused upon this to this degree, to where I neglect other things, or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah, great point. Okay, let's uh, move on to to the fourth consideration. Um, Consider your responsibilities. Consider your responsibilities. So I have here listed a couple of passages that have to do with uh, authority and submission. Let's look at these. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5. There are a lot of passages in the scripture on uh, authority and submission, but uh, these are some of the more extensive as far as the various roles that we have. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to read every single verse in these sections. But I'm going to hit the ones that refer to the authority parts of this. I, I trust you'll not take this to mean that the other parts are not important. Uh, but just as far as the specific responsibilities there. Uh, Ephesians 5.22. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, and as Christ is also the head of the body, or Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. He then talks about the need for husbands to love their wives for um, many verses here. And then in verse 33, Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself. And the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. So there is an authority relationship between husbands and wives. Um, Chapter 6, verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Fathers, of course, have this responsibility in verse 4 to not provoke their children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. But it's clear here that children are in the position of needing to obey and and submit to their parents, and that uh, parents are supposed to be in the position of... Authority. Uh, same thing, verses 5 through 9, it gives slaves and masters. Um, slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh. Verse 5, with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ. And it talks about the attitude of doing that for, through, the, uh, through verse 8. And then verse 9, masters, do the same thing to them and give up threatening knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven and there's no partiality with him. So the one in charge here has certain ways they're supposed to carry out that authority as well. Uh, you can see here that, and then also I have 1 Peter 2 mentioned, which brings government into the picture as well and submission to government authorities. Uh, when we consider our responsibilities, some questions that we might want to address have to do with these kinds of things. Are we the one in charge? Um, am I the one to make this decision? Or should someone else? Am I even the one to make this decision at all? And it may be that you in one of these positions are not even, uh, not only not authorized, but also not responsible to make this particular decision. And in fact, doing so can itself implicitly be um, uh, a rejection of the authority and submission structures that scripture has played out, or that scripture has laid out rather. So we don't want to just make this like, well, I'm going to make this decision and we decide that we have this responsibility to take it to ourselves. We need to actually understand whether or not we have this responsibility. Now, um, it's important when we think about this and when we think about whether or not we have the responsibility to make this decision, this is why it's really, really important for you if you're in either one of these sides of responsibility to clarify who is responsible for what? Because there can be a lot of assumptions about this, okay? And this is, I would say, in particular when it comes to um, husband and wife relationships. Uh, you need to make this very clear. If you want to think, well, my husband is in charge of that or I make this decision. Or if you as a husband think, I, I need to make this decision and this is my realm and my wife is not supposed to do this. Then you need to actually be making sure that you are on the same page about that in the sense of you need to talk about that and you need to make sure that this is clear that this is not just something you assume or when you picture authority and submission or decision making on these fronts that you don't just kind of have this vision in your mind of this is what this looks like because I saw this here or this guy talked about this here or this is what some guy said it it, it isn't like that at all you need to make sure that you actually are biblically thinking about this and then you're communicating expectations and responsibilities to those people so make sure that you are clarifying: Is this the decision that you are supposed to make? Uh, let's just say, for example, let's let's talk about. Um, i don't to give you an example of a, a husband and wife kind of thing, and let's maybe uh, in the financial realm. All right, you've got a. Uh, you, you have a certain amount of money. You're making decisions about how to spend that. How do you make those decisions? Well, it may be that you just talk about every single thing and every decision is made together. And every single purchase, including right down to, you know, buying a, uh, uh, I don't know, buying a can of Coke somewhere, you text each other first and do that. Well, that's probably going to become a little bit burdensome, but maybe that's the way you do it. Or it could be that um, you, as a, uh, a husband, you decide, well, I'm going to set the budget and then... Uh, we both just look at it and we spend it however we think is wise together and we talk about it. Or it could be that, you know, I'm asking you before you spend any kind of money over a certain amount to contact me. Um, Or it could be that, you know, I'm setting the budget and then I'm not even going to look at it. Or it could be that I'm just asking you, my wife, to set the budget and do all the spending and then just tell me if things are going bad or tell me if I'm going over or something like that. that. Whatever it might be. The point is that you actually are you actually are aware and each of you knows what you're responsible for so when you're making those decisions then you need to recognize that within the context of what you actually are responsible for and if you fail to do this then you can end up making a decision that really is not even necessarily your place and it can cause all kinds of trouble um, but you want there to be clarity about that. So, again, that's just one example. Uh, you guys can work that out um, individually in your own particular relationships, and hopefully that even helps you just think about it in terms of uh, in other relationships and apply those kinds of principles to whether it's uh, whether it's work or whether it is other family matters. But you just think about this. Are you the one to actually make this decision? Do you have the authority to do this, and do you have the responsibility to do this? Um Another question to ask is, are, are there other people I need to consult? Are there other people I need to consult? When I'm making this decision, is this going to affect other people? Will they want to know that I'm making this decision beforehand? Um, do I need to bring them in because they're, um, I, I don't know, they, they might have some stake in either in the outcome or I'm not the only one in charge here. Uh, are there other people that I need to consult? And then another question for your responsibilities Uh, and this is one that sometimes we can get over eager about a decision and very excited about something, but not think about this. How will this decision affect my ability to carry out my other responsibilities? How will this affect my ability to carry out my other responsibilities? Let's think about what some of those responsibilities are biblically. Well, overall, you're supposed to serve the Lord in everything you do. Is your decision going to prevent you from being able to do that faithfully. Uh, You have a responsibility if you're married to your spouse. There are responsibilities between parents and children. Uh, This is true, by the way, even when you don't necessarily live together. 1 Timothy 5 talks about this, uh, caring for your family members. Uh, Work, work responsibilities, church responsibilities, things that you have obligations to those around you, and then friends and neighbors and government and so on. So we all have a lot of responsibilities. And you need to think when you are making a decision, how does this affect your ability to carry out those other responsibilities? So you can't just look at this in a vacuum and say, well, I am going to decide that I am going to, um, you know, I'm going to Take care of, I don't know, I'm I'm struggling to draw an example at the moment. Um, Let's just say uh, I've been offered this um, promotion at work, and uh, it's going to triple my income. And all I have to do is add, you know, 25% more time to my work each week. Well, how is that going to affect your other responsibilities? You may be able to pull that off, and it may be a good idea, but you at least are going to consider whether or not this impacts the other people in your family is this the right time to do this is this best overall and you're going to step back and actually think about those other things again some of that is obvious i suspect that most of you do these kinds of things already but you do need to consider them as responsibilities and not just think yes more money you know yes more prestige Uh, i'm going to have a better reputation well you need to think about your actual responsibilities what is going on what do you have to what do you have to care for and will this affect your ability to do that in a way that is uh, not worth actually making that particular decision so just think about those responsibilities because your time is not limitless your resources are are not limitless. You do have to, uh, you have to balance these things appropriately. This will look different for every person as far as how you play those out, but you have to actually use some judgment and say, is is this new thing going to affect me in this particular way, and am I okay with that? Am I okay with doing this? Um, You are going to have to make decisions like this. This is just the way that things work, and many of you have already wrestled through these kinds of things, but you have to make sure that you are caring for these responsibilities and thinking about them as you do it. Uh, okay, questions or, or comments on this idea of, of your responsibilities or maybe uh, even examples of where you've had to think about that. Where have you had to consider those things against each other? Or maybe not so much against each other, but in light of each other. Questions, comments, Examples. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. that's a great example because there's so much involved right there's the time there's the particular time of day when that's taking place yeah how does this affect my family how does this affect the church and so on so there's yeah there's a lot of Sort of competing pieces that you're balancing there. Again, compete, I don't like the word competing so much, even though I just used it, uh, because these, these responsibilities don't compete against each other, but there are a lot of uh, sort of things that might be pros and cons, and uh, yeah, you have, to, you have to appropriately consider all of those things. So, yeah, good example, Matt. Yeah. What else? Any you know, other thoughts on this subject? responsibilities okay um, let's uh, consider next number five you need to consider your circumstances consider your circumstances uh, Luke 14 Jesus is giving an illustration of something from day-to-day life that is referring to a spiritual decision I think the uh, the the um, example that he gives is helpful as well just in thinking about the the more fundamental principle that he gives so luke 14 verse 28 for which one of you when he wants to build a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it otherwise when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish all who observe it begin to ridicule him saying this man began to build and was not able to finish Or what king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle, will not first sit down and consider whether he's strong enough with 10,000 men to encounter the one coming against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So consider your own circumstances. And by this, I mean your abilities, your time, your resources, um, your finiteness. Let's think about some of these. Your abilities. Uh, if you make a decision, are you actually going to be able to follow through on it? Can you do that? Do you have the skills to do this? Um, this talks about the you know having the financial resources or the manpower or at least the strategy, the ability to win to defeat twenty thousand with ten thousand. There are people who have done that. I mean, that's definitely not a historical. Uh, that it's never taken place in battle that a much smaller army has defeated a larger army it can take place but do you have the ability to do this do you are you able to actually pull this off so if you're going to decide you know you got accepted to uh, let's just hypothetically you got accepted to an ivy league school can you handle the academic rigor of going to that school if not Maybe it's not the best idea, even if it was a, uh, an amazing series of events that led you to be accepted there. Um, can you afford to go there? Is this something that you're able to do? If you, if you choose this path, can you actually pull it off? Uh, this includes, again, your time and your resources. Do you have enough time to do this? Do you have enough time? If you're committing to something, do you actually have enough time to do this? And this especially includes without neglecting your other responsibilities. Do you have enough money to do this? We don't necessarily like to, uh, to consider it on such terms, but this is reality. Do you have enough money to do this thing that you're choosing to do? So you need to consider your circumstances. And then along with this, your finiteness, meaning that you are not God. I shouldn't have to tell you that, but sometimes we start to forget certain things about this. And in particular, um, when we're making decisions, we sometimes either wait to make a decision. Well, really, not so much that we just wait, that we sometimes wait. But pretty much we we choose not to make a decision unless we have some sort of... Um, supernatural seeming response this is where some of this comes in what I talked about a few weeks ago about uh, wanting a sign from God or wanting God to tell you something specific Um, only God can know the outcome of the decision that you're making before the outcome occurs okay Um, we like to know what it is, and we want to make decisions based upon that, but we simply are not going to know a certain outcome before it takes place. We're not able to guarantee an outcome. The best decision in the world, the wisest decision in the world that you could make cannot guarantee a certain outcome. It can't. And we like to think sometimes that if we make the best decision, if we just gain enough wisdom, if we think about something long enough, if we just pray about enough and get enough counsel, and we know the Bible backward and forward, and we're godly and upright before God, and we're doing everything right, then we can basically guarantee a certain outcome. And that's just not the way the world works. Bad things sometimes happen despite our own best efforts. They do jesus christ himself lived a perfect life and he is the god man and yet what happened to him well he was betrayed and he was crucified now of course it was all according to plan on the one side of things but nonetheless from a human perspective um, this was not the kind of thing that you would want job was blameless and upright the most righteous man in all the earth there was no one like him. He was such a, an upstanding citizen that Satan singled him out. Or actually, God himself singled him out and said, you know, you should look at this guy. And then Satan attacked him on that basis. He wasn't, bad things weren't happening to him because of his badness. They were happening to him specifically because of his character. So we can't guarantee any kind of outcome based upon either our righteousness or our wisdom. Uh, We're not going to know all the facts. We will never be able to find all the facts. We don't know enough to know that. Our minds are just too finite. Only God knows all the facts. And uh, we're going to have to keep growing in wisdom. So our circumstance is as a finite creature. And we are limited in our ability to get all the information information. To get all the wisdom to know what will happen as a result of the decisions that we make, there it's just too complex. There's too much going on. There is no way to know all of that ahead of time. So we need to consider that. That is part of our circumstances. And then, um, one final thing to consider is uh, with your circumstances: is how will the current state of your life? Impact this decision. That's just a more general question. How will the current state of your life? Impact this decision. So just think about where you're at what you're doing what you're trying to do what you're trying to prioritize uh, Where you are Geographically where you are in your work where you are, you know, what is your family situation just everything? How is this going to actually impact this decision? Uh, My ability to actually follow through on this. How will this affect the outcome and so on? So just consider what circumstances you find yourself in um, this can lead you to avoid foolish decisions that you see somebody else making that are wise, but that may not be for you right now. They choose to do this thing. They are, uh, they are going after this uh, program. Maybe they are uh, maybe they're taking a certain kind of job. Maybe they, uh, maybe they are undertaking uh, building a home. Maybe they're going through some kind of education program. And you say, man, this would be great. I could do this. But then you look and you say, well, my circumstances are not right to do that. At this moment and you decide otherwise and you have to be okay making such decisions all right um, thoughts questions on considering your circumstances how would your circumstances personally have you seen this where your circumstances would impact the decision you make or should impact it or maybe an error you made in not considering your circumstances at any point in your life Any thoughts on circumstances? Yeah, so that's a factor that, yeah, something might be, there might be this particular good thing here that wouldn't be the case somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, so you can't just look at it in isolation and here's the hours and here's the money and here's the location. You have to, okay, this is actually the actual work situation that you're in itself. Yeah, yeah, good example, Matt. Yeah, what else? Questions, comments on considering your circumstances. Yeah, this of the decision making process, where of faith step at all the facts they don't still step Yeah, things that don't look logical, but yeah, where's part of like thinking that God wants you to do that and just, yeah. Uh, Well, I think what I would say um, that to act in faith fundamentally is to act in line with what God has revealed to us and what he has said. And to walk by faith is to walk by, in light of revealed truth. And therefore, that um, beyond that, anything that we would think that God wants us to do is uh, unable to be actually said with any degree of certainty. And therefore that acting in faith has to do more with making the best decision we can in light of revealed scripture. And that anything beyond that is acting in terms more of um, a certain kind of speculation and It can be that we desire to do something and therefore that we want to do this and it is within the confines of what scripture allows for. And we are uh, not certain of the outcome of that. But we are acting in faith that God will work those things for good regardless because we are doing something that is in keeping with his word. We're trying to please him. Um, But it would go too far to say that we suspect or sense or something like that that god wants me to do this uh, above and beyond what scripture actually has said so we can act uh in light of circumstances we can act in light of providence we can act in light of uh, our desires but to go beyond that i think would be would be taking that a step beyond what biblical faith actually actually says so um It is acting in faith. Anytime you make a decision not knowing the outcome, but you're trying to do what honors and pleases God because you're responding to what his word says. So I would say that anything there is faith. And Romans 14 tells us, whatever is not done out of faith is sin. We need to act in faith. Uh, It's just a difference between what our faith is in. Is it our faith in, you know, we think God is telling us to do this and we're going to trust that? Or is it that we are going to step out not having any kind of idea? Let me give you a... I, I guess an example of that. Um, we uh, there's a, a friend of mine, and during seminary, and the uh, leader of our Bible study, uh, there was a lady in there that she uh, she is a matchmaker, like a big time matchmaker, and she was always trying to get people married, right? So she goes, uh, she goes, hey, you should go, and she tells this guy, fellow seminary student, hey, you should go and uh, you should go talk to talk to her over here and uh, ask her to go to this basketball game with us on on Saturday night. It was LA Clippers game. Or no, Sunday night. And so he's like, yeah, so like I'm like, oh, okay. Well I guess I guess then like I think I'm working with a safety net, right? Because surely she wouldn't just say, go talk to her about this if it wasn't already arranged. Well as it turns out it was not already arranged at all. And he was asking her out of nowhere. And she's like, why would I go to a basketball game on Sunday night? We have church. What are you talking about? Uh, long story short, they ended up going. And uh, they're married today with four or five kids. And, you know, anyway, it's a, it's a great story. And they're just they're perfect for each other. And it's just wonderful. But the um, point being that he he kind of thought that he had something, but he really didn't. Um, that was, that was misplaced faith because it was kind of his interpretation of the circumstances. And so he was acting in confidence of something that actually turned out not to be true. But um, if he had just simply said, you know, here is a Christian girl and I'm interested in her. And um, I'm going to pursue this in a godly way. And I don't know what she's going to say, but... I have been given this idea by somebody else and so on. You're taking all of these biblical principles, applying them to the circumstances, and then you say, you know, I'm going to ask her and whatever the outcome is, then God's working for my good. That would be an act of faith uh, in doing that as opposed to kind of trusting in something else that's outside of that that we've kind of pulled together. Uh, Again, there's much more to that. And I I probably can't do it justice in the time that we have here uh, this morning because I do need to wrap up, but... Uh, that issue of faith, I, I do want to touch on that more as we go on. And uh, some of this will spill over into January, by the way. But uh, I do want to talk about that uh, that particular matter. And I'd be happy to answer any questions in the meantime about that. So hopefully that's helpful to some degree. But um, we'll, we'll talk about that more as we go on. Let me uh, pray for us and close. And then if you have any questions, I'd be glad to discuss further. God, thank you for this morning that we've been able to, to talk to here, together here. Thank you that we can... Uh, that we can come to your word and that we can consider what you want us to do. And uh, we pray that you give us wisdom in doing that. We pray that we would walk in a way that makes decisions that uh, are aimed at pleasing you. Help us to, to truly refine our hearts according to your word and to want what you want and to be able to carry out what pleases you in every way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.